the biggest gulps they had. Speaking about a big gulp, you ready to talk about your sex life, David? Yeah. Oh. Go Dave. <laughs> Hope the audience you know, heard you talking about you big gulps. I'm not sure if they did because I clicked stream. We'll we'll see if they heard <laughs> that part or not. We'll we'll wait for the comments. So if you're following along, audience, please write big gulp back. Dave wants to know if you heard about the big gulp. <laughs> Or they make a goal. I don't remember what they call it. I, I guess. I don't know if Jordan feels teased, but she was definitely ranting on Twitter that... Not teased be, at all. <laughs> not teased? That we seem to talk no. about your sex life way too much? Oh, God. So not we, not way too much. But I was just was like, you know, I was trying to think of some things that we talk about often. We sometimes oh, yeah. do this thing. We almost always talk about sex rooms, but we... Every <laughs> single time watch we, we talk about great I mean, movies that I, we watch. <sighs> It's Netflix's fault that we brought that up in the first place. So I mean, we're just binge watching everything, and that's what people are—that's what people are into now. So you know, we got to stay up with the times. You know what I'm saying? Excellent if that's what show. people are watching, we got to comment on it. You know, agree. All that is. Uh, oh yeah, I said we were going to play a game, but I did get to tease him about his sex life. Um, besides naughty talk. Okay, let's see. <laughs> uh, what did I write down? You ever write something down and you can't read it back to yourself? Never, but... Uh, yeah. Sometimes. Wow. <laughs> I've got pretty sloppy right. handwriting. Apparently, Jordan can write accurate notes. <laughs> Even, uh, I don't know. Or maybe she's I, just smart and all digital at this point. Mm, no, I definitely digital. handwrite notes, but... you know. Oh, I wrote down a line from the movie. Tonight's movie has a really cool line. So I was going to include it with the first impressions. Um... Gloria, would you like to do something difficult and dangerous? And then the immediate answer, I'd love it. <laughs> like, I just thought that combination was cool. Difficult and dangerous. I thought that was pretty cool. Um, can you give first impressions of this movie without giving away the plot? David. You want my first impressions? Yeah. Without giving away the plot. Yeah. Um, hmm. I, I don't know. The only thing I can figure is wait until dark to watch this because you're going to fall asleep. <laughs> I don't know if that's mm. that was enough. That was the first impression. Or so last week we teased David that we were going to get his fact sheet, and we could tell based on his five facts that he selected his trivia sheet from the movies that if it was so dangerous, like his name implies, we could tell whether or not he liked the movie. I kind of got an idea of whether or not he likes the movie based on his first impression. Well, yeah. I mean, that's what first impressions are. <laughs> Just kind of cut to it. <clears throat> but actually, David withheld the list this week, so I couldn't tease him, and I couldn't send a secret message to Jordan, Damn as it. he suggested, because David is being devious, and he's withholding until that segment. Um, without ruining the movie, can you give a, your first impression, Jordan? I mean, I just thought it was a little bit of a slow roll, but I'm... Glad I stayed committed. Mm, so. Slow burn. Yeah. Like this podcast. Come back after 40 seconds of introduction. <laughs> Crack open a cold box of wine or pour something cold on ice because it's the Binge Watchers Podcast. It's honestly probably the right amount of time for somebody just listening to it in their ears. 
But if they're watching it on the screen, it's too long. You know, like as a visual, I mean, I have to, I'm going to have, I'm going to get like some kind of video editor to cut together clips of us just like da 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 da, right? As it plays. <sighs> so it'll be more enticing for video watchers. I found out this last month we were watched on like a hundred thousand televisions. I'm like, who is watching us on a, a, a television, <laughs> like a smart TV? I'm like, that's like, those are, those are movie theater numbers these days, David. We're crushing. It. I've I, I've come across myself a few times on my YouTube feed on my TV. It's... Have you been suggested to yourself? Of oh, course, because I've subscribed. Wow, rad! Yeah, because you're like you fit right into the demo, boy. <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah, that's what it is. We know all your interests. Google's like David likes this. David likes that. David likes this. You know what? Let's show him binge watchers podcast. Go ahead, David. Click. Go ahead. <laughs> Actually, you know what? Pretty much. If you were targeted by one of our Google ads, then actually that's kind of a bummer because that cancels itself out, right? Like, you're on the show. You're like, not only am I a client, I'm also a fan. <laughs> I'm, also a member. <laughs> I'm not only a co-host, but I'm also a fan. <laughs> one of those deals. Definitely kind of zeroes out at that point, but, yeah, you know? Except there's 100,000 people of Davids. There's all these other Davids out there. They're like, I need to watch the show. I need to sub up. You do, David. Um, oh, I was immediately going to talk about tonight's movie because I'm thinking about slow burns now since before the uh, theme song played. But actually, I'll rewind back to home video headlines, which is where we're supposed to go next. Uh, Carl Urban says he's still interested in making a Dread sequel. Recently, he said that during a GQ interview. And actually, recently, we delivered the best Judge Dread review of all time. Go watch that episode. All the other Davids out there. And Denise's, what's the female version of David? Davina. Denise sounds pretty good. Yeah, I've known a few Davinas. <laughs> Davina? Okay. Or maybe Danielle, but that's... And not to exclude Danielle. any of the pronouns, this podcast is for everyone. So go watch it. It's there. And nobody disagreed with me. I think we did the best review of Judge Red that ever exists with the end of time. So go watch that podcast. Uh, unfortunately, Anne Heche is legally dead, which is tragic. Her final film is a Lifetime movie, which might be even more tragic. Now, I got some personal feelings about this. Like, so she's her body's on life support, right? But she's mm -hmm. they wrote her down as legally dead, but she's an organ donor. So they're just like keeping the organs alive to be transported to who gets the organs, right? So yeah. my mind went to this. You're a meat bag. And you're waiting for organic harvest. And you're you're basically your commodity at that point. So I just want to know, I just want to know David and Jordan's opinion. Like, you're the meat bag and they're harvesting you. What's your thoughts on that, David? If if I'm gone, take what you got, what you can get. Yeah, you're not gonna want my eyes, you, you're probably not gonna if, want my liver or what heart, if you're but... what if you're consciously trapped in the meat bag? Like you in like because you're technically still plugged in, some part of you is like still conscious and like so you're like conscious, so I can still like, feel, but I can't react or. Yeah, you're thing. like locked in. Or well, that's just a different story. Fully aware that yeah, that <laughs> things are being your body is being taken apart, but yeah, horror movie know. like that's a that's, good horror. That's movie a different premise. story. Yeah, I would, <laughs> I would not want that. I'd still want to be passed out. Like everyone thought the soul lived in the heart and the mind, but it lives in the pancreas, and so you're painfully aware of everything that's happening to you because you can't you can't self-eject. You're like locked in. You know what I'm saying? Like you're you're like, I'm trying to evacuate, but I'm stuck in time and space. 
And like you can't astral project because you didn't eat enough mushrooms before you got to the hospital, so you're just trapped. <laughs> well, I definitely don't want that situation. We're getting a little philosophical here. Like, where does your consciousness reside? In this meat bag, or you know, did it eject itself already? Actually, did you read the scary details that she supposedly woke up in the burn bag? Because when they pulled her out, first of all, they didn't even know she was a man or a woman, but they they like thought she was expired already and threw her in this bag, and then she like woke up. Like, she will apparently woke up, like, twice before she got to the hospital. So that's, like, I don't know if she was conscious, but that's, like, adrenaline. Like, adrenaline. Because they, they say this when you're near death. Like, your body shoots all these things through all your systems to get you ready to die. Right. So, but that's horrifying. Uh, and I really do feel bad for her. And I'm not just trying to, like, tabloid up, you know, for our UK listeners who love the tabloids. You know what I'm saying? Like, the National Enquirer <laughs> version of our listeners. No, like... I'm freaking out. So I have all these thoughts about, I guess, I guess I'm not going to donate organs. I guess I just, I'm not checking that box, guys. I'm not getting locked away on a machine. I'm listed as an organ donor. I mean, again, if I'm dead and I can't use it, somebody else can. If you're free to it, go for it. Take it. Agreed. It's all, it's, it's all up for grabs. So for sure. But your scenario, absolutely frightening. Yeah, no, I don't want to be conscious while that stuff's going <laughs> Chop, no. chop, David. Chop, chop. Um, Alec Baldwin said I didn't pull the trigger. He said that on national TV. Uh, this gun can't be fired without pulling the trigger, says the FBI. Karma's a bitch, Alec Baldwin. That's no skill. Oh, <laughs> you barely said it with a straight face. Um... What do you guys? What are your What are your opinions on this? Or is this too much of a touchy subject? Like, I was gonna... just reading the article too that like all possible scenarios of it yeah. being yeah like it, he had to pull the trigger. So I was I was actually just reading the article before we hopped in here. So yeah, I assumed he pulled the trigger, but he does have a bunch of young children, so that's got to be scary. So. I could try. Okay, so I'll try to be sympathetic to like if he accidentally pulled the trigger, but he had to. He should have manned up and said like, "Yeah, I pulled the trigger, but it was supposed to be a prop gun, and here's all these other issues with this production." And but he's like, the problem with I his mean, scenario is he's like at the top of the list, like he's the top producer, and then who made all these decisions that that got to the point where we had this bad gun on set that was really going to kill somebody, and then he also pulls the trigger. I mean, here, here's the only thing I'll say to it. I mean, I'll give a little leeway in that. Now, this could go one of two ways. He could either be genuine and because you got to remember, this guy's been through his own trauma, too. Um, you know, not not. I mean, the person that lost their life has the far worse, you know, them and their family. But like he's gone through something himself and, you know, maybe he didn't remember right or he's lying. And then therefore, well, then screw you. <laughs> But, you know, I'm willing to give the benefit of the doubt that maybe he just genuinely did not remember the action. I don't know. Well, he probably has pretty good lawyers. And they're like, don't go on TV and say that you pulled the trigger of a gun that killed somebody. However, you're right. Like maybe his he went through a trauma or some kind of shock where he doesn't actually have the memory of that moment because that's an intense day. Right. Yeah. But um, uh, it's like an own up situation. Right. It's yeah. like. Time to come to Jesus and right. confess your sins, Alec Baldwin. Uh, so anyway, from from like where, where I sympathize with him is like, yeah, like he has like six young children, right? That like if, he, if he's not there to provide, it's going to be a serious situation. But 
uh, I don't know. I mean, like, I wonder what's going to happen when he actually does, you know, come around to, to dealing with this next part of it. Um, but it is an accident. That's the that's the thing. It it is an accident. But to try to deflect blame or whatever doesn't. That's not appropriate. Like if he goes as far as like, oh, how much money is it going to cost if I don't accept the responsibility? Then that's where the the karma issue comes into play. Like, hey, no, like you gotta, you know what I mean? Like, and I'm I'm sure they formed a corporation, so personal responsibility is just like no, your whole production all the way around. Like if you read every element of the story, is like you guys all screwed up. Everybody screwed up. Like the person in charge of checking the safety didn't check the safety. Like yeah. you're the actor who's supposed to look at the gun and make sure there's no actual bullets in the gun. You didn't do that. Like everybody, everybody along the way, like screwed up. And we, we went into further details. I was just bringing up like, I mean, that seems the end of it. I mean, what else can be said? Uh, not much. Not much. <laughs> it will be interesting to see how it plays out for sure. Yeah. From, from here on out. Okay, now we can switch gears and get this cloudy. We have happy stories. Okay, tonight's movie is Weed Until Dark from 1967. A recently blinded woman is terrorized by a trio of thugs as they search for a heroin stuffed doll they believe to be in her apartment. It's got Richard Crenna, Alan Arkin, Aji Hepburn, uh, Jack Weston. A superior lineup, kind of legendary. Let's see, you probably know Richard Crenna as the Colonel Troutman from the Rambo movies. You might know Alan Arkin from Edward Scissorhands. Audrey Hepburn, you might know her from a ton of things, probably Breakfast at Tiffany's, but I like her in My Fair Lady. But again, she's one of these legendary actresses. Oh, I was going to say posters in like some ladies' college, college dorms. I was like, what? The Breakfast at Tiffany's poster seems to be like a very iconic, like in a lot of female dorms or like a, it's a big... or other movies I've seen... yeah it crops up yeah. as like a, a prop poster in other movies because it's just again a classic movie right she's a classic lady there's still people you know imitating her dressing up as her well so. if you watch my fair lady she wasn't classy in the beginning she was like from the wrong side of the streets in that movie Audrey okay. Hepburn <laughs> is a classy lady she doesn't <laughs> always play one <laughs> yeah um she has a Cockney accent in the movie, and that was the whole thing. She had to learn how to speak, how to act proper. But then she taught Rex Harrison a thing or two about love. No fans of My Fair Lady? I've never Not seen you, David? You have to watch no. it. <laughs> I love my, wife, my wife adores it, and I've never seen All it. All right, I'm done. I give up. I'm taking He's these like... off. I'm out of here. <laughs> I thought for sure you guys have seen My Fair Lady. I guess not. Okay. No. I know the basic right. premise. We have unlimited points as a binge watcher because I, I keep like demoting everybody all the time when we haven't seen a movie, but I don't know how many stars we have. Like, I guess like an unlimited amount, like, you know, <laughs> just pull them down to the end of time. Um, like, oh, you've lost three points as a binge watcher, David. I see. I feel like we're as a team, like we collectively, because I know there's a ton of stuff I've seen that you have it and vice versa and probably even Jordan. So I just feel like we're well, collectively. We've seen almost movie every movie ever made, except for something so that's brand new. Well, so okay. at least thousands. Go. It's got to be thousands. Big number, yeah. Like, there's movies I forgot I watched until like somebody posted on Facebook and go, "Oh yeah, I saw that freaking movie." You, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> it totally like, phew, like gone. Well, sometimes movies are just forgettable. 
I yeah, like unfortunately. If this podcast was like the hierarchy of like a French kitchen, mm. then like John, you'd be obviously, you know, like the main chef, and Dave would be the. I'm Julia chef Child. I'm fucking I... Julia Child. <laughs> I'm just the dishwashers. <laughs> oh, come on, you're what like you talking about. You're like you're, the hostess. You're like the sous chef. You're like the you know? you're the, you're the image of the restaurant. Okay, She's front of I house. Can... Yeah. Your right. front of house. Okay, That's I'll be the hostess. Yeah, I'm just checking everybody's coats. I got so door. excited, I just ran over my <laughs> laptop bag with my chair. However, uh, the laptop's not in the bag. But I'm super excited. I'm like watching the Julia Child show on HBO. I've watched Julia and Julia, which is about another Julia imitating Julia Child. Uh, I've seen part of the documentary about her, but the show with the HBO, well, I, I would refer people to the HBO Max show, but you know, <laughs> I don't know how long HBO Max is going to be around for them to watch the Julia Child show. Anyway, there's a biography show on there that's pretty good. Um, David, are you going to break our hearts with the dangerous details about Wait Until Dark? Um, I'll give you some facts. I don't know if it's going to break your heart. <laughs> I hope All not. Right. Um, so the movie is actually based on a play of the same name that premiered one year earlier. Uh, the role that Alan Arkin plays in the movie was originally played by Robert Duvall on Broadway. So we could have gotten him in the movie. Um, nothing against Arkin. Uh, the director Terrence Young had directed three of the first James Bond movies starring Sean Connery, including the very first one, Dr. No, uh, also from Russia with love and Thunderball. So the guy that's, uh, that brought 007 to the big screen is, the guy who did this. Um, and Audrey Hepburn, speaking of her, received her fifth and final Academy Award nomination for this movie in this role. So people seem to love it. Uh, during the original theatrical run, theaters was act, would actually you lower the lights. So much enthusiasm. <laughs> people seem to love it. Let's practice. I guess David. I'm playing that okay. a little practice, too close to the, take, to the take a note. Okay, take a note. All right, try that again. Just a little more enthusiasm. Actually make people want to watch the movie. <laughs> Um. So uh, here's a cool thing. I don't know, David. <laughs> take two, David. Take two. All right. Uh, during the original theatrical run, theaters would lower the lights to the lowest legal limit, then shut off the lights one by one uh, until all the lights were completely off, immersing the audience in the final moments, which are very dark. Um, once Al, uh, once Alan Arkin was asked why he feels he didn't get an Oscar nomination for this movie. And he said, well, you don't get nominated for being mean to Audrey Hepburn. So he was a fan. Accurate. <laughs> I would say so. Yeah. I love Can, it. Does this mean it's time for the bits or do we got something No, else? we got to go to some messages actually. Hold I on. I a feeling. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We'll be right back to the podcast for first some messages. All right, let's see here. Jonathan Rice Myers stars in the sci-fi thriller Wife Like, now streaming on Redbox. In the near future, an artificial human begins to question her reality as memories of a past life begin to resurface in a world where nothing is as it seems. Stream Wife Like instantly on Redbox on demand today. Rated R from Paramount Pictures. All right, let's see what Stars has tonight. I got some examples here of Stars movies. Hold on, guys. Let's see. So you can claim a special offer if you follow the link in the podcast notes. You'll get to see things like Spider-Man No Way Home, Venom 2, Don't Breathe 2, Ghostbusters Afterlife, P-Valley, which is supposed to be a good show. I did a deep dive looking to see if they had some classics going this month. They got Fargo, Half Nelson, Foxcatcher, One Crazy Summer, Idiocracy, The Big Hit, 
Marlon Wayans has a new show coming out on Stars. Actually, I think we're going to turn our Stars account back on too because I want to see some of this stuff. Um, the new Marlon Wayans show is made by the people that do that Southside Chicago show or whatever that, huh. uh, that we've been watching. So that's a funny show. Nice. So we'll see what they can do. Uh, and now back to the show. We're already here, so we can just continue for Jordan's favorite bits. My favorite bits. Oh, my goodness. I am so glad that I stuck it out because I'm obsessed with this movie. It just makes me think of my mom. She's a total, like, Turner Classic Movies type person, so I'm shocked I've never seen this TCM? Before. You heard me. <laughs> and um, I don't know. There's so many favorite scenes. Like, I love it when, like, she is with, uh, Gloria, the little girl who's like helping her out since she's a blind woman, uh, when they have their first like clash in the kitchen and she calls Gloria a little monster and Gloria starts like throwing things. I just, I don't know why I thought that was. You mean so the first funny. 10 minutes, how not to talk to a child? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, 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 monster. A monster. I don't know. I kind of err a little bit more on the side of Ed Audrey Hepburn. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know who I could see losing his shit like that is you, David. Oh. They, the kid comes oh. in and just rifles through all your DVDs. It's over at that point. God damn it. Get out of here. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, I feel the same way, Dave. So, yeah. Um, I just, yeah, I loved it. I won't spoil, like, the one jump scene, but I actually, like, screamed directly mm. at the TV. Like, it it had me jump. So I'm going to spoil it. Don't worry. I had a feeling one of you would. So I was going to leave it to you guys, but... Just so much goodness. She does such a good job. She's so classy. She's always so cute and classy. I don't know. That's just Audrey Hepburn. So, yeah. Dave? Um, I mean, any anytime Alan Arkin has, like, a real, like, uh, a moment to shine or, like, monologue, uh, I'm kind of like the, the first scene where he's dressing down the two other guys, like, oh, I bet your uh, fingerprints are everywhere. You got to wipe it down now. You know? Oh, it's going to take you two hours. Uh, here, buy these cellophane gloves. I don't know. Yeah. Later on, he calls them comic book thugs. Com- yeah. As um, if they were poorly written in a comic book. He, he's got a very unique style that is of its time. I'll just say that. <laughs> it doesn't, it doesn't, the fashion for him doesn't hold up today. Um, Audrey Hepburn is timeless, but um, yeah, I don't know. He, he really, his, anytime he gets to chew the scenery was, I, I perked up a bit. Let's see, Wardrobe did a good job with him because he's supposed to be leathery slimy. He's supposed to be reptilian almost like yeah. so his his outfits are like spot on. Chameleon. I, I'm just thinking more. Uh, I, I mean, I'm saying his outfit really I'm reacting to his haircut and his glasses. The haircut was hideous. <laughs> yes. But uh, the cellophane glove thing had me laughing so hard, like giving them recommendations on how to be like better in crime scenes. That made yeah. me laugh. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, is it my turn? It's your yeah, turn. Yeah, it is. Go for it. Okay, <laughs> so, I mean, there's a modern crime show called Breaking Bad, but this movie breaks bad, like, in the first few seconds, so it's cool to see, like, Geppetto, but instead of trying to bring a wooden boy to life, he's hiding heroin in, a wooden, in like, a little girl doll. And then he rats out his own partner, because clearly he's in on it, at least with the one guy, Alan Arkin's character. He must be in on it. I, I thought he was riding her out to the... Um, the carrier girl, like we've seen this in other movies, like Blow has this where there's people assigned to carry the drugs on airplanes and try to get away with it, like the drug mules or whatever. But in here, like 
there's like a double cross in the first like two minutes of the movie. Mm-hmm. And you're right. Mm-hmm. Then it does, then the buildup does get slow. But by the time it's ratcheted up, it's like a little Hitchcockian where like they got to ring the rope for an hour. And then all of a sudden all hell breaks loose. And there's three goons. One is clearly triple crossing everybody. That's the Alan Arkin character. And we learn very early on, spoiler alert, that he's murdered the drug mule and hid it in the closet of the blind woman. So he's already done a casing of her entire apartment already and stashed a body there. So he's the one that is the real threat, which we learn like somewhere in the first hour. But you know the goons are going to double cross each other at some point because you're like, what are the obstacles that are going to be in front of this blind woman for her to survive this movie, right? Because we know she's going to, but we don't know how bad it's going to get. And also, we're like, what's going to buy time? She's one against three. So you naturally think like, oh, clearly the relationship of the three goons is going to fall apart at some point. And sure enough, it does. But skip the next few seconds if you don't want to hear like one of the best parts in the movie that Jordan hinted around, but I'm just going to blab. It has a jump cut. It cuts right to a murder and... The sound is so screeching. Like, I actually heard it through my headphones, which I, like, jumped out of my... I was watching that at my desk, and, like, I leaked a little bit. Like, it, it... There's no setup. It cuts right to... He's running over one of the dudes with a car. You can't tell which dude is which dude. And then it cuts to the third guy saying, like, oh, we've taken care of this problem. But sure enough, the person who died isn't the one he thought, not the partner he trusted. It's the other guy, the more dangerous guy that, that lived. And uh, when the... Dave was mentioning this during the facts, like how there's actually part of the movie where they make the audience feel blind, like on mm-hmm. purpose. It's like towards the like crescendo, like when act two is bleeding into act three and we're about to get to the climax, like the whole screen goes dark for like, it's, it feels like freaking forever, but it's really like what, maybe 30 seconds, maybe a minute, but it feels like four or five minutes. And we're like, Oh, now we're blind as blind as she is. And we got this murderer to deal with. So bringing the audience in for a POV like that, that's a pretty good technique. Um, and at the time it was probably like, if it wasn't groundbreaking, like if they stole it from a European film, I would have no idea, but <laughs> you know what I mean? Like for like compared to modern movies, it seems like they kind of established some of these things with these, uh, this, this crime drama stuff. I'm sure Tarantino has seen this movie. Yeah. I mean, there's a, I, I, I didn't put it in the facts, um, but there was quite a few people that, um, noted this as being like the scariest movie of all time i think it's like stephen maybe. king yeah stephen king, thank like you yeah that is most, the one i yeah. i did not put this that in there but yeah, he notes this as the scariest movie of all time um the jump that stuck out to me was when mr wrote had like been stabbed already and he's like kind oh, of oh well the i wall. mean yeah this is like a horror movie rule so i'm sure david and i knew this like she only stabbed him <laughs> once and it was a good it was a good right she got him really good. I mean, like, okay, so the killer folks tries to lead the blind woman into her own bedroom to do away with her, but she does manage to hide a knife and stab on one of her kitchen knives. But it was just one. And if you watch horror movies, you know, like, nah, killer's not dead. We're going to get a final scare. It's going to come back. And sure enough. Yeah, well, you know he's going to jump out to her, but it was still just like, I had to look behind me to make sure <laughs> no one was there in the room with me. Like, it just, I don't know, the delivery was... So Maybe how do you rate how do you setting. rate this movie then? Uh, what do you give it? Binge now, binge always, yeah. binge forever. Whoa, she added some binges. Those aren't even on the scale. All right. <laughs> <laughs> what about you, Dave? I wow, I, I'm really uh I'm surprised I'm the outlier here. I did not like this movie. I was really mm. bored. And 
Holding my tongue, David. I'm going to take a sip of my beverage. Uh, well, I mean, and I've watched quite a few. I don't know. I have been on a roll lately of watching classic movies, and this is actually one I was looking forward to. So I actually went into this one with high hopes, um, knowing its history, knowing its notoriety, and I was just completely bored. Um, I, I, what goodwill it has towards the end, I think the middle dragged and bored me so much that I just was not on board at that point. Um, I, I mean, you know, this movie is a lot like another one of that same, I think it might've even been the same year this came out, like a movie called bullet where it's known for this crazy car chase. I think this movie is known for this crazy ending because the rest of the movie for me just doesn't hit anything. I was quite shocked when I looked up how like high rated it was and how much people loved it. I, I just was completely bored. I'll be honest with you other than, you know, a moment here and there. So binge never for me. I know. I'm, Whoa. Whoa! <laughs> I thought you were at least going to give it some classic respect and just say BL. I mean, again, I mean, I, I mean, the the scene, the the last ten minutes or so that is really known for that's listed as a, like the most scary tense moments. I mean, I see the seeds of this movie. Like, I, I see the influence of this movie on a ton of other movies. I see seeds of this in Silence of the Lambs, particularly when she's in the basement with you know him um i see like panic room i see like tons of like any home invasion movie don't breathe you know you mentioned earlier so i see its influence on on um film history but it just the movie itself is just not that good to me <laughs> so wow there's there's my props and i'm also going to be honest and saying i just didn't care for it that much i think the movie's out there i think it's it, for film history it's got to be on your list you know, <laughs> I think if you're trying I mean, to I claim... don't regret watching it. I've got it out of the way. I've got it yeah. knocked off my list of classic movies, but I didn't react to it like a lot of other people have, apparently. You know what this experience is? I like this movie, and I didn't like Possession as much as you did, and you were all for Possession, right? Yeah. So if you go back a few months ago, folks, there was an out of print movie that it's now more available. But anyway, this notorious uh, movie from the early 80s, this horror movie called Possession with Sam Neill, and I forget the actress's name. Um, but David had a better time with that than I did. For me, that was slow and just something you got to watch because they just say this is one of the movies you got to watch. But um, I'm about to knock your rating off the board, David, because this is a binge now. At yeah, least I'm wait until clearly, I'm binge clearly now. an outlier here, and I, I'm kind of surprised by that. I thought I was going to be on board <laughs> with this one. Yeah, usually you're the one who sits through more slow things than I do. Usually I'm the one fast forwarding, but oh, yeah, I don't know. This rolls. one just did not strike me. You fast forward how? And Jordan, you're off the hook too because technically we don't have to shame screen you because Jordan sometimes has a segment. If she watches a classic movie, we talk about the classic movie she's watched, but this counts. So, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> it's one true. and done. It's um, oh, we do have a fan service this week. We got to tell them about our new giveaway. Uh, I'll tell them about the giveaway first and then I'll read audience comments. Okay. Um, let's see. Okay, so sub, comment, and review. We have 10 $100 gift cards from Fandango Voodoo. That's like if you go Voodoo On Demand. So if you want to watch their movies, we're going to give some uh, gift cards away. All you have to do is go review us on any of the places they drop podcast reviews or sub and comment on YouTube because we're pushing some video views and we want to build an audience up there too. So um, catch up with us on YouTube or review the podcast. And we also have some copies of uh, Wife Like. We mentioned that earlier during the message break. If you want to watch uh, this new movie, I just got dropped about, I don't know, sex robots in the future or something. <laughs> you can also win a copy of that. All right. Now we'll come back for 
some comments from the fans. Okay. Um, I was going to read negative comments because someone just keeps like uh, comment bombing us on YouTube. But and I thought that was the one I was prepared to read. But then um, I sent you guys a couple that came through from, of all places, LinkedIn. I was like, oh, these are really nice. So the short one, laughter is consent is wild and fun. So last week, that was the name of our episode that we dropped. Wild and fun, I'll take it. That sounds great to me. That's an endorsement. Um, this other one, a little bit longer. I started listening to your Planet of the Apes episode as I love those movies. I like that you guys highlight a lot of the classic sci-fis and shows on your podcast. I'm glad we connected. Aww. Hey, if you're out there listening, we love you. Keep tuning in. You can win some prizes. And let us know what you think about Wait Until Dark. Or maybe your general's opinions about Audrey Hepburn. Nah, I can't wait to hear what David's opinion of My Fair Lady is. He's going to be like, "This is no, there's nothing fair about this movie. Too slow. <laughs> she was no lady. I can't believe they're in love. <laughs> uh, where are we? Oh, staff picks. If you watch something this week that you want to recommend to the listeners or viewers or whatever the audience out there, um, the bingers, uh, what is it and what should they be watching? Does anybody have anything? Yes, I do. Go for um, it. Well, a little side note headlines all the way to staff picks has been about crime this week because I mm. watched a true crime documentary, which is excellent on Netflix called I Killed My Dad. Oh hell yeah! Oh, I was about to ask, how is it? And you're about I to tell me. Really, really oh, liked man. it. Kind of gave me. Uh, it it kind of is a little bit similar. Obviously, nothing similar about like the Gypsy Rose. I don't know if you listened to like the Gypsy Rose and Dee Dee story of like. I'm very her. familiar. So it's kind of yeah. has some um, similarities in the fact that like this boy was like kidnapped, and then also just like totally neglected his whole life and definitely killed his dad. But I won't tell you about the outcome or anything. I, it just was really good. So like um, he's an abused kid and then it just like snaps. It wasn't even like that. He snapped like he hmm. totally intended to like kill his father. And I don't <laughs> so think he's that just sitting there like, eating. He's so I can admit he's like five years old. He's eating his meatloaf and mashed potatoes. And he's like, you know what? I think I'll just kill my father one day. What? No, I don't think it was like premeditated, but definitely acting in like self-defense. I think it was a total self-defense situation, but like, I hate to say it, justifiable almost. Like, it's just mm. wild. So, um, super good. I also did not finish, but got started on Black Phone, which is on Peacock right now. I Yeah, really Dave's ramming that one it. down my throat. How slow is that movie, David? Not slow at all. <laughs> that hey, it's just my opinion. Clearly, I'm outnumbered here. So good. Um, haven't finished it yet, but it's because I won't watch it by myself. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny that you're watching a movie called Black Phone, and it's a horror movie when like there's actually a black rotary phone in Waiting Till Dark, and it centers as one of the main set pieces that she determines that she's right. being robbed. You know what I mean? This is true. Some similarities there. Yeah. And then, of course, I got started on The Bear, which we don't have to go into detail with because it's been brought up like three times already. But it's definitely a much must watch. So good. Um, we need to have a side podcast, The Bear Cast. Just... Literally. <laughs> Wait, have we already mentioned they're getting a season two? I think we did bring it up. Oh, okay. Well, I was, was going to a... give the new information, but I guess they've already heard that. Yeah. I mean, it just made me immediately like drive us fast as I could to like some of my favorite restaurants that like still give me like bad server dreams and like a <laughs> little, little bit of a 
you know, restaurant PTSD. So definitely worth a watch. But what about you, Dave? Um, weirdly, I'm going to uh, jump off of uh, have a weird double feature with yours because uh, mine also includes the title dad. Although real quick. Oh, uh, no. <laughs> you got to do a disclaimer right here because this is a disturbing movie, David. Yeah, it is. Oh, I'll get to that. But uh, just another quick aside, um, another true crime. I, I watched a true, great true crime documentary this week uh, called The Girl in the Picture. Have you brought that? You haven't brought that one up, have you? No, but I did watch okay. it and it was so good. Okay, yeah. Talk about Twisty Turny, um, the way this that movie was David's done. selections um, are all about incest. All right, just to move on. Well, technically oh, well, that's not. That's a spoiler alert for The Girl in the Picture. <laughs> Sort of, kind of. There's, I don't know if you can spoil that because there's so many twists and turns in that one, um, the way they parse out information. But no, okay, disclaimer, uh, I just watched the cringiest. Like, it's a whole season of cringe from Kirby Enthusiasm. Rolled just into, give them like, the tagline. One hour and a half movie. Give them the tagline and let their imaginations run wild. So a father who's too involved with his son uh, that has shut him out uh, – creates a fake profile and catfishes his son into basically having an online relationship with this uh, fake woman. What? Actually, who's a, actually, let me take that back. It's a real woman that he met at a restaurant. So it's fake to his son, but there is a person out in the world that uh, is the person he's stealing their identity. Um, And it's also a true story. And it's also, I didn't know that. I thought that was like just a really disturbing made up, thing i mean obviously i'm sure there's some liberties taken because it is a comedy but i mean his dad really did create a fake profile to the movie's called i love my dad and the dad's like and the son falls in love with the other person and then i'm assuming the dad in the movie continues the relationship online after the for a while yeah and of course i won't spoil the ending but they do a really great thing dramatically where instead of getting bored reading text uh the entire movie they have like the the fake woman who's uh, have a real embodiment of her next to the sun when he's like reading these texts. So like if they're having uh, and yes, this happens in the movie. This is where it gets really gross. They do have cyber sex or uh, text sex, sexting. I don't know why I couldn't That's get to word. that sexting. <laughs> if you're not they're sexting the, in the David's movie, face is changing colors <laughs> between father. Uh, so, <laughs> so yes, there's some sexting between father and son, and uh, the wo- woman is right there with him, like in the film but wow uh yeah i it's it is a comedy believe it or not it is cringy uh it will make you uncomfortable do not watch it with your parents but (laughs) it is one of the better movies i've seen in a while um so yeah i love my dad that's the movie not my statement but john (laughs) what did you watch we need like a whole podcast just to unwrap the the reason why david would watch a movie like this uh but we don't have (laughs) that mainly because of pat oswald (laughs) Um, I started watching, they just dropped the TV show, A League of Their Own, which is loosely based on the movie A League of Their Own, which was about the 1940s. They started a female baseball league because all the men had been shipped off to war. So the wives, the sisters, the cousins, and any female baseball player, um, they made a movie about it with Gina Davis, and it's really good. Well, Madonna's in there. Rosie O'Donnell's in there. Tank Girl. Who's the girl that plays Lori Petty? Who's a great actor? She plays uh, the sister Dottie, or is Dottie the main one? I'm forgetting their names, but there's two sisters. They end up she's in the conflict in the movie. Of Gina Davis. What? I said she's the younger sister. Yeah, Gina, Gina Davis, Davis is the older sister, who's like the star. The other one's kind of left out in the cold, and then wants her own moment to shine. You have to watch the movie. I'm not going to spoil that. It's too good of a movie. Tom Hanks plays the baseball coach who needs to dry out because he's an alcoholic. But I digress. 
Abby Jacobson, I think, is the name of the creator of the TV show, and she was actually in this um, Broad City TV show. Broad City um, was so good, and she's a celebrity crush of mine. And uh, so I'm trying to like not like uh, be so biased that I just automatically accept the show. Like I'm trying to watch it and see if the show is as good as the movie. But the show also explores like the Afro female league that was trying to start at the same time, and obviously the cultural stigmas of like, no, we can't let them play with us, but they're the best pitchers. Like, what are we going to do? Um, there's a lot going on, I just, but I'm in the first episode, so I don't know how I'll feel. I mean, I like the movie a lot, but I don't, you know, we'll see how it goes. Um, yeah, anyway, that's about awesome. it. I, I like, I'm really concentrating pretty hard on our movies of the week. So I'm not, I'm not like, I don't have, I'm not like watching a lot of other things. Uh, yeah. So it's always good to keep a list. That way you always have stuff to fall back on and recommend. This was the first weekend where I wasn't outside and I like actually stayed home and Mm. like watched stuff and it was amazing. So see, I was actually worried that Jordan would find this movie boring and, and like not have time to watch it, but she like, I'm really surprised. I thought it was going to be the other way. Like that Dave would love it the most. And then me and Jordan would be on the fence. But here we go. I'm glad you guys enjoyed it. I just, I, I'm honestly surprised. I thought I was like, oh yeah, classic movie. That's up my alley. I've heard of this, mm-hmm. David. I know you're gonna love next week's movie. It's got Christopher Reeve. It's got, uh, I don't know why I'm drawing a blank. Richard Pryor, right. one of the greatest comedians of all time, and it's a heist movie, so it fits into our crime month because technically they're trying to pull off crimes in the movie, and also has spoiler alert a bad Superman. And Superman drinks. It's Superman three. It's, that I I've seen. I've not seen the movie beginning to end, but I have been at a friend's house while it was on, mm-hmm. and I was there for the infamous. Hey, Superman's drunk. Yeah. <laughs> so it's famous for two scenes. Superman. Well, maybe three. Superman getting drunk. Superman splitting into a good and bad version of himself. And the third thing, Richard Pryor skiing down the side of a building and not dying. So you know, tune in for that. I know more about this movie from Office Space than anything else because it keeps coming up <laughs> in that movie. Oh, man. Nobody text your parents after this podcast. For a good reason. And Dave explained why. I think I'm safe. I don't think my parents know how to text. Do they know how to Facebook? Oh, yeah. Actually, they both have recently discovered Facebook. <laughs> uh, but I'm not they, getting they, they fish from my parents. I'm not, living the, I'm not living the plight of that movie. I'm not living that movie, David. Just just send him a hello once in a while, and this will never happen. At least hopefully not. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> Going to make Thanksgiving real interesting. Folks, if you're listening from outside of the United States, Thanksgiving is an annual holiday where Americans get fat and eat a lot of food and have to deal with their families and they don't like their families. So we just deal with it and eat a lot of food. And it's usually the only time of the year that you see your families, unless you're at a funeral or a wedding. Which did I accurately describe funerals are almost the same. (laughs) At least the ones I've been to, you know what? Funerals also have a lot of food, just like Thanksgiving. What is happening here? (laughs) I don't know. Any last thoughts, David? No. Oh, awkward silence. Okay. Join us next week. We'll be covering Superman 3. You want to take us out, Jordan? You got anything to add? Just 
Don't text your dad tonight. Ever.